turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. I'm thankful for Ricky for last week for um, taking us through God's Word. My family was with my, my parents, and we watched online, and we were with you um, in spirit. And so I'm thankful for him. And, and, and as Ricky last week preached and, 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 and walked us through Jesus's, hey, this is how you pray. Um, today we're going to address when we pray. So it's a continuation of um, Jesus speaking on prayer. And the passage we're in today, I think sometimes we kind of, uh, the church has, has done a lot of really damaging things with this specific passage today. Is it ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And we've kind of taken this in, in a lot of realms the church has and said, hey, whatever we ask, God is obligated to give us. Because he says it right here. And that's not at all what the scripture is saying. It's not at all what um, Jesus is teaching. And so we're going to unpack that in a biblical way today. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you have ever done anything on a regular basis? Like you formed a habit? Good or bad? I mean, let's, right, okay, come on, right? Some of it, how many of us are like, I have bad habits? Okay, good, the rest of your line, right? Each, each week we find it, right? <clears throat> so um, how many of you have ever heard that... Um, that it takes seven days to form a habit. Anybody? How many of you have said it, ever take, it takes 21 days to form a habit? Right? That's what we've always heard, right? Those are kind of the things that we've always heard that either takes seven days or 21 days. Well, actually, um, neither one is correct. Uh, in 2009, there was a study done by the European Psychological Association, and it said this, that on average, it takes someone 66 days to form a habit that becomes automatic, that just becomes part of your life, right? It takes 66 days on average, but some people it takes up to 254 days, right? That's like just shy of like 100 days of a year, right? So all of you are like, nah, forget it. I'm not developing any more habits, right? <laughs> it's like, when's the last time you did something on a regular, a new something for 66 days. Exactly. You ate out 66 days, but I mean, other than that, right? What is it going to take for us to form a new habit, right? And so this morning, as we talk about when to pray and what do we do with it, our aim is simple. Pray continually and trust always. This is what Jesus is teaching us today. Pray continually and trust always. So let's look at it in Matthew chapter 7 and start in verse 7. It says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. All right, so, so what do we do with that? When Jesus says for us to ask and we seek and we knock and all of these things will be just given, right? What do we do with that when we have cried out to God and the way that we want it to be answered is not answered? Or you feel like God is silent, right? I, I think there's times in all of our lives where we fall into that trap of going, I've asked God and I've cried out to him and he's not answering right that's our perspective isn't it is that we cry out to God but he doesn't answer although he has answered 
And it may be not yet. And it may be, hey, I'm walking with you in your circumstance. You need to open your eyes and you need to change your perspective. Right? But God always hears what we say. And so when Jesus here says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you, Jesus is not saying, ask and he's going to give you whatever you want. But what Jesus is doing here is he's repeating himself over and over to communicate to us that our cries and our prayers to God are a continual process. It is something we do over and over and over and over again. We go to the Lord continually. Continually. And some days that's hard, isn't it? Is it hard to pray the same thing over and over again and you feel like God's not answering you? Right? Because I think here's the thing for a lot of us. I think a lot of us approach prayer as if God is a genie in a bottle. That, that I can rub him and he's going to grant what I want. Right? And, 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 and whether we sit here and go, I don't, I don't have that thought. You, you do. We all kind of have been shaped by that. Right? It's called the prosperity gospel. That, that if you ask God, he's going to give you whatever you want. And that's not how God works. Because here's the deal. God's interested in what is good for you. And what is good for you may not be what's easiest for you. Hear that again, church. What's good for you may not be what's easiest for you. Because so many times when God answers our prayers... It's, it's answering like you're going to walk through something really hard so that you learn to trust me more. You're going to walk through something really hard so that you are drawn closer to me as your father. And so when Jesus says here, ask and seek and not, listen, the, the Greek word for seek is a derivative of the Greek word for ask. He's saying, ask, ask, and ask, and keep asking continually. We pray continually. So you have something on your heart, take it to the Father every day. You go to the Father continually, and you make your cries, you make your requests known to Him. And we pray continually. And so when Jesus is saying, ask, seek, and knock, he's saying, keep doing it, 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 keep doing it. And we continually go to him. Because here's what happens. This is, this is incredible. Okay? When we continually go to the Father with our prayers and with the requests that we have and we make them known to him, what are we in essence doing? We're spending time with the Father. There's no greater thing in your walk with Him than to spend time with Him. But yet so many times, we negate it. We throw it away. I don't got time today. You don't not have time. I, I, throw the excuse away that you don't have time to pray. Or you don't have time to read your Bible. That in and of itself is nothing but an excuse. You don't have time not to. Because here's the deal. When we continually, and Jesus says, ask, seek, and not, and he's saying, hey, we pray continually. When we continue to go to him, 
Here's what happens, is we spend time with the Father. And as we spend time praying and reading his word and getting to know his character and his nature, what ends up happening is I stop focusing on my circumstance and I begin to take a different perspective of what the Lord is doing. Because whatever circumstance I'm walking through, God is using it to make me look more like him. He's using it to draw me closer to him. He's using it to make me fall deeper and madly in love with him. That's who he is. That's his character and that's his nature. What does Jesus do in the garden? God, take this cup from me. But what does he say? Not my will, but whose? Yours. Your will be done, God. You think Jesus wanted to go to the cross and suffer that? He was a man just like you and I, but he was also God, and he said, I will submit to the Father's will. And he goes to the cross after being beaten and punished because that was what was good for you. He says, pray continually. You probably heard it growing up. This old story called The Hare and the Tortoise. I'm going to read it for you. A hare was making fun of the tortoise one day for being so slow. Do you ever get anywhere? He asked with a mocking laugh. Yes, replied the tortoise. And I get there sooner than you think. I'll run you a race and prove it. The hare was much amused at the idea of running a race with the tortoise. But for the fun of the thing, he agreed. So the fox, who had consented to act as judge, marked the distance and started the runners off. The hare was soon far out of sight, and to make the tortoise feel very deeply how ridiculous it was for him to try a race with a hare, he lay down beside the course to take a nap until the tortoise should catch up. The tortoise, meanwhile, kept going slowly but steadily. And after a time, passed the place where the hare was sleeping. But the hare slept on very peacefully. And when he, at last, did wake up, the tortoise was near the goal. The hare now ran his swiftest, but he could not overtake the tortoise in time. The race is not always to the swift. How many of us, I wonder, start praying about something, and man, we run, we pray, we pray, we pray, and we don't get the answer we think or the answer we want, and we take a break. And we stop. And we forget about it. Until maybe that circumstance comes back up and thinking, oh, I'm gonna pray again. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray. We pray about it and then we stop because it's not the answer we want. Or we feel like God's silent. But what Jesus is saying to all of us is to pray continually. It's not a race. We go to the Father over and over and over and over again. And we just spend time with him. 
And that sometimes is the answer to the prayer, is that you got to spend time with the King, with the Savior of the world. So then Jesus is going to go on and he's going to say this. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So Jesus goes on and he's going to tell us to trust always. And, and listen, it, this is what we call a fatoriori argument. It is arguing from an accepted conclusion to an even more evident one, okay? So, so what he does here is he's arguing from an accepted conclusion to, to an even more evident conclusion. Who of you, as a father, their son asks for bread and you give them a stone? How many of us in here are gonna do that? Exactly, right? As a father, I'm not gonna give my kid a stone when he asks for bread and if he asks for a fish, I'm not gonna give him a serpent, right? It's not what I'm gonna do, because what? Because I wanna give him what's good for him, right? He's not gonna eat a stone and a serpent can do what? Harm him. I'm not gonna do that as a dad. But then Jesus goes on and says, if you then, who are evil? Did you, any of you get up this morning and look in the mirror and go, I'm evil? No, right? What is Jesus saying here? He's saying we're sinners, right? Our natural tendency is to be what? Selfish, right? Our ta How many of you have ever been frustrated with your kids? Right? We get frustrated with our children because they're interrupting what I want to do most of the time, right? Or I'm having to take time to correct them or stop fighting, stop arguing, pick up your plates, right? Like we, we're, and it's, 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 it's encroaching on our time and what we want, right? We're just naturally selfish. And so what Jesus says here is that you who are evil or sinners, right? Guess what he says? Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father who is perfect, by the way, in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him. So, so what Jesus does is he says, hey, look, you know how to give good gifts, and if, if you know how to give good, good gifts, what do you think the Father in heaven can do? Way more than anything you can do, right? That's who he is. That's his character. That's his nature. That's the good, good father that we have, right? So guess what? Because, because I, as a sinful human, know how to give good gifts to my children, the father in heaven is, makes me look like nothing, right? Because he can give good gifts. So here's the deal. When we go to him in prayer, what we can always do is trust him. We can always trust him. And here's the deal. Even when the answer doesn't agree with what I think it should be, I can still trust him. Even when my circumstance doesn't change, I can still trust him. 
even when whatever I'm praying about doesn't feel like it's answered because oftentimes I want it answered according to what? My will, not his will. We can trust him. We can trust him. Why can we trust him? Because all throughout this book, his word, from Genesis to Revelation, he lays out his character and his nature for you to read about. Man, what a gift this is to us as believers. And yet sometimes, as much as we do with prayer, we do with reading it. We set it aside when we get busy. And yet this is the very thing that communicates to you and to me the character and the nature of God. His word communicates to you that he knows you, that you are his chosen one, that you are, that, that he hears what you say, that he knows your heart, that he formed you in your mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything about you. And guess what? Because he knows everything about you, you can trust that he will give you good things when you ask. Even when good doesn't look like the way you think it should. Right? So Briggs has been asking lots of questions lately. I know, Rhonda, you better get your tissue. So uh, he's been asking lots of questions lately, and, and good questions, good questions, because he's, he's our little processor. He, he internalizes things, and he wants to ask questions, and he, he feels, and there's just, there, he's, he's his mama, okay? And it's okay. Our kids are different. He's his mama, right? So he asked me lots of questions, and we've been talking a lot about prayer, um, and, 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 and God, God um, how, does, how does God speak to us and how does God hear us and all of these things and, and so he's got in this habit lately of going hey dad can you pray for me like buddy I'll always pray for you but why, why is it that you need me to pray for you well because you, you're closer to God I'm like well that's not entirely true like, like let's just right. so, so we walk through a little bit of that right? and he continues right <clears throat> so this past week um, I, I'm preparing this message of of praying continually and trusting always, and that, that's on my mind, that's on my heart. And, and uh, we'd gone to Brahms, we met Juju and Ops at Brahms and had burgers and ice cream with our nephew. And uh, we, were, we were leaving, and uh, the girls were like, We're going with mom, because mom had met us there. And so they're like, All right, go with mom. And then Bree's like, Dad, I'm going with you. Bro's got to stick together. I was like, That's right, buddy. <laughs> so we get in the truck, and, and he jumps in the back and gets buckled, and we're, we're driving, and we pull out of Brahms. Actually, we went the back way because we don't get on wheelchairs. So um, we pulled around to Elk Drive, and, and we're at the lot on Elk Drive and, and Wilshire. And there's 174 for those of you that are, have been here forever. Um, so so we're, we're, we're at that light. And he goes, hey, Dad, I got a question. Light turns around. He's like, yeah, bud. And we go across. He goes, Dad, I'm trying to hold it together, Donnie. He said, Dad, what if my prayers don't reach God? I said, buddy, what makes you think that? And he said, 
I don't know, Dad. I'm just, I don't know him that well yet. What if they don't get to him? I said, oh, okay. I said, well, buddy, he, he hears you. He goes, yeah, but how do I know that? I said, buddy, part of it's just faith. We just got to trust that um, he hears us. We just got to trust that he hears us. And, and, and conversation kind of went on, and then we got home, and it was bad time, blah, blah, blah. He goes to bed, asked me, Dad, can you pray for me? I said, pray for you. So I go to bed. About 3 a.m., eyes wide open. And as clear as I've heard it in my life, the Lord said, Brady, there are so many people that have that same exact thought. And here's what they need to hear. And here's what they need to know. So the next day I got up, I went to Briggs and I grabbed his little face. I said, son, I want you to know something. And I'm telling you right now, just as I told him, he hears you. He knows you. Every cry that you make to him doesn't fall on deaf ears. The Lord hears you. He knows what circumstance you're walking through. He knows what worry you have. He knows what fears you face. He knows. He hears. And listen, church, He will always answer you because He is a good, good Father. When we pray continually, continually, we know we can trust always because His character and His nature has proven true over and over and over again. And if you don't believe me, open up your Bible and begin to read. Story after story after story. God has said, I am faithful. And we sang it this morning. He's the same God as He was to Moses, as He is to you. He's still in the business of doing and working and transforming and answering. That's who our God is. As we pray continually, we can trust always. And so I've been walking with Briggs and I've been opening up God's word and I've been saying, hey son, this is, this is what God's word says. See right here, this is what God's word says. See right here, this is what God's word says. See, this is what God's word says over and over and over again. This is who he is. He is faithful. And when you worry about something, you can go to his word and you can see where he's faithful. And you wonder whether your prayers get to him. Go to his word and see because he hears you he knows you and listen church even when you don't think so he answers you let's pray father thank you for your word this morning thank you god that you hear us when we pray father we are to come to you we are to ask you we are to 
make our requests known to you. We are to trust you for our daily bread. Father, we're to trust you for forgiveness. But Father, would we do that continually? And let it lead to us trusting you more and more. Father, we're grateful for you. Grateful for what you're doing and how you're moving in our lives. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.